The following podcast is a presentation of Hacks and Flax. We're a partner podcast to the Echo Chamber and a production of March Communications, a tech PR and communications agency. You can listen to our show on iTunes or by visiting marchcoms.com. That's marchcoms.com. Really recognizing that those relationships that you you have at any level of your career can be so vital. You know, keeping in mind that it's not just about today, but you really want to play for the long term. Mm-hmm. You know, some of our clients, I work with some of the same people I worked with years ago at, right. in other roles at other places. Welcome to Hacks and Flex, the podcast from March Communications, where we cover PR, marketing, media, and all things communications. I'm Manny Vega. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we've got a great episode lined up for you this week. Our guest is Laura Tomasetti. She is founder and CEO of 360 PR Plus. Uh, that's an agency here in Boston with offices in New York and San Francisco as well. Uh, this week, actually, I'm handing over the the interview responsibilities to uh, to my boss, actually, uh, Managing Director Cheryl Gale. Um, she and Laura have actually known each other for a long time, uh, and so they they kind of have a conversation, a one on one on this uh, on this episode, and they and they cover a lot of ground too. Um, I was sort of a fly on the wall, uh, just doing the audio in the background while they were chatting, and it, it was a great conversation. Uh, talked about a lot of different topics, but uh, leadership and PR was a big one. Um, a lot of interesting stuff about the intersections between advertising and PR, uh, kind of how the lines um, have blurred more recently, almost out of um, out of demand from customers, and sort of the, the challenges uh, associated with that and the opportunities as well for, for the PR industry. Um, a lot about data in PR, a lot about digital and social, and, and of course, content as well. Um, and they also talk about personal background. Uh, Laura... Uh, her journey to to founding her own agency, of course, 360 PR Plus is is her agency. She founded it. Um, the lessons that she learned, you know, in prior stops at at major agencies and the in house world, how she applied those lessons in in building her agency, and then just the challenges of building a a talent pipeline in in communications. You know, um, like what kind of skills do agencies need to recruit for and to nurture in in young professionals. Uh, who are just entering the, the the communications world for the first time? So uh, this is something that you know I've heard Cheryl talk a lot about. We actually covered it on a podcast episode last summer. I want to say it was probably episode forty or forty one. Um, but I know it's a topic that you know she's she's talked about a lot, uh, and Laura's got some great insights on it in this episode from her own experience building her own agency. So um, a lot of ground covered in this interview, but also a lot of depth to it as well. So I think uh, I think you guys will really enjoy it. Uh, but before we get started, just wanted to do some quick housekeeping. Uh, just want to remind you that you can subscribe to Hacks and Flax in a number of places. Uh, we encourage you to do so that way you get the latest episode of the podcast delivered straight to your device when we come out. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, and we're actually now on Spotify, uh, which I was able to confirm just last week. So if you've got Spotify, you know, open on your your desktop at work or on your laptop at work. You can search for Hacks and Flax. You can hit follow and you can listen right from your desk uh, or your phone, you know, if that's if that's more your thing. Uh, we also encourage you to visit us online. Our website is marchcoms.com. You can uh, visit that to learn more about our agency and, and check out archive episodes of Hacks and Flax. That's over on our blog. And again, the URL is marchcoms.com. So that's enough uh, of, of the housekeeping for now. Uh, at this point, let's get into the episode. Again, this is Cheryl Gale interviewing Laura Tomasetti, 
uh, from 360 PR plus. I'm here with Laura Tomasetti, CEO and founder of 360 Public Relations Plus. Did we say 360 PR, 360 Plus? What do you prefer? We like the Plus because that, <laughs> that was part of our rebrand exactly. about 12 months ago. So Tell thank me about you. That. What does the Plus mean? <laughs> uh, the Plus, that's an interesting story. So we considered, probably like a lot of uh, agencies um, in recent years, we considered dropping PR from our name. For trademark reasons, we found that we could not. Mm -hmm. 360 is a very hard mark to own, and we like 360. We <laughs> yes. like the full circle approach. It does speak to our approach. Uh, so we decided to embrace PR and plus it up mm -hmm. and speak to some of the other services, the integrated services exactly. that we offer. And actually, that, that plays into um, just thinking about how the industry is evolving and, and changing. You know, PR, you can't, agencies don't want to be labeled as just PR. Mm -hmm. anymore so I think that that plus is really clever thank um, you because it it still underlines what we do right right um, and the fact that yeah. we know that PR is evolving right um, talk to me a little bit about that yeah like how is it evolving? yeah and it's agency? funny too as you think about um, and, and just the process that we went through which was a really I think thoughtful process mm -hmm. you know should we keep PR as part of our name or is that too limiting and and even you and asking questions mm -hmm. said you know we, we agencies don't want to be just PR exactly. but PR is, you know, the, the definition is really broadened, mm -hmm. right? So um, by the same token, you could flip it and really just embrace PR. Right. Uh, and I think that we're seeing that shift now, and it is it feels like a seismic shift instead of having to really sort of fight for and explain and defend yep. what PR is and what we need. We actually need real dollars too. Mm -hmm. um, I think you see the C-suite, you know, not just the CCO, but right. the CMOs, the CEOs, really valuing yeah. PR and what we do. Yeah. I think a lot of that comes down, I was reading this article about, because the CEO nowadays, thankfully, is thinking reputation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Reputation is mm -hmm. firmly in brand and PR. And I think that for many, for that reason alone, I think we're seeing these CEOs have, you know, they've, they've had a seat at the boardroom table but they're now having more of a voice mm -hmm. so their voice is heard mm -hmm. because of that issue with reputation think facebook mm -hmm. <laughs> like, there's so many different things um that we could point to um but i was thinking about um a few other things that you just said in terms of um you know the fact that reputation is keeping the ceos up at night mm -hmm. um how it's evolving how there's now real dollars behind it and we need real dollars and they're putting real dollars behind it mm -hmm. is some of that because we've because of data, the fact that there is more mm -hmm. data available to us and there's there's more science behind what we do. So mm -hmm. we can actually point to the data. Yeah, improve, improve, like, the, improve the value. Like, exactly, right? like like advertising agencies right. do. Right, I mean, you know? absolutely. Have you, you know, whether it's you earned media or influencer exactly. marketing, anything connecting the dots to driving traffic, yep. um, you know, follower count growth or um, engagement, mm -hmm. all of that, we can, we can measure it too. Exactly. You know, that's not just, that's not tucked away in a secret box that one type of agency owns right. today. Right, so it I used think, to be. Right, yeah. right, and I think that. Or it was the marketers owned that. Yeah, and the channels change too, mm -hmm. right? Literally changed. It's not just TV anymore. Right. Um, I feel like TV sort of, you know, something people, you know, kind of 
including the marketing mix, but they don't necessarily lead with anymore, um, especially if it's a more entrepreneurial brand. They're not going to work in a big TV buy. So the channels are the channels are pushing us forward right. too. And so as you think about those CEOs, just get, to get back to that yep. thought for a minute, because I thought it was a really good one, um, they are, we used to think of thought leadership as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think you have CEOs and other executives and companies being pushed down that mm-hmm. path now, right? Because you have all of these platforms exactly. for communications and when there's an issue, and it doesn't have to be just an issue, when there's um, something happening related to a brand, mm-hmm. good, bad, or otherwise, the publics are expecting to hear exactly. from the most senior leaders mm-hmm. and instantly. Mm-hmm. So that you know, that's where our, our PR's stock value goes way up because we know how to communicate yep. across all those platforms and you know at various levels, whether it's a CEO or it's you know something that is more like an influencer. And it's it's about. And the CEO becomes the influencer too, right? Because people want to and do relate to brands and they want to feel that those brands are authentic. And part of being authentic is, Mm. you know, feeling as though you you hear from the CEO when it's time to hear from Mm -hmm. the CEO. Mm -hmm. Um, And that the company is talking to you as as a customer with, you know, real concern. It's personalized. It's individualized. It's a lot of the things that we talk about you know, every day in terms of the way that you need to build your brand. Going back to the data Mm -hmm. piece, how has 360 PR Plus brought data into the equation? Have you used, Mm -hmm. have you brought platforms or tools in to help measure? Do you work with the tools that your clients already have in place? Mm -hmm. Um, I would say both. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, the people piece of it is probably the most important. Mm -hmm. So we've also invested in training so people understand what they can get out of that yeah. those platforms, so the platform specific tools, as well as some of the the broader mm-hmm. platforms, whether it's social a social listening yep. tool that we use, or something for influencer marketing, um, or something that me- measures earned media value. Right. So the training piece, you Hopefully know, sometimes one tool can do all, but I don't think it does. <laughs> I don't. We haven't found that yeah. yet. We haven't yeah. found that yet. Um, we have neither. And the in training our people to understand what the data means and to draw right. conclusions and connect dots is, is, so a lot is important manual, as a technology. Right? A yeah, yeah, the analysis. that can get you so far. Right, you know, right, and then what does it mean? the dots. Right, yeah. but how we use data at 360, um, you know, it's really top and bottom. Mm-hmm. So anything we're doing is we're thinking about, you know, developing a plan um, for a client, for a mm-hmm. brand, uh, for an organization, or if we're going through a a pitch, right. a new business, yep. um, we're starting with data, mm-hmm. right? Because we want to inform this, the thinking, inform the, stri- right. the strategy. Um, we're also still very much believers and big believers in the big idea mm-hmm. at 360. So, yeah. but before we get there, we need data. You know, what what is on the consumer's mind mm-hmm. or the audiences in right. your case? So it's B2B. not a big idea for big idea's sake. It's, a, it's right. an idea. It's steeped in data. Yeah, yep. it's going to be steeped yep. in data, and then. You know, and then we're setting the cape, you know, the KPIs at the front, and then we're measuring at the mm-hmm. back. So, you know, there's 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 several points at which data becomes important. Yeah. So, and in storytelling too. I know. A lot of times, as you know, I mean, we have an idea for a story, but we have to prove the point. Right. So we're using data to right. tell tell the story exactly. too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'd love to go back to something that we haven't actually touched on, um, which is how did you start? your career you know how did you land in PR that's a great question (laughs) 
hopefully someone out there will find this inspirational. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe they'll run in the other direction. But the um, when I get out um, of college, and I'm not going to say when, because it will <laughs> date me, um, I my first job was I was a copywriter. Copywriter. So I was a copywriter for Yellow Pages Publisher. And I guess that does date me because wow. is your producer is sort of eyeing what is a yellow what's a yellow page <laughs> book, right? Um, but I'm a firm believer that wow. you can learn something at every place you go. Mm-hmm. And and as I think about that, and I and I often think about that um, that first job that I had, one of the things that I learned was how to write fast. Mm-hmm. So I wrote 20 to 25 ads a day. Um, I also became a very fast typist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I was very efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the ads also had an audio component. It was um, uh, one of these companies that was just starting to take their content online. So mm-hmm. I was essentially writing for both print and broadcast mm-hmm. platform. Um, and uh, and so that was, you know, that was an interesting way to yeah. sort of start. But that wasn't really PR. Right. It was writing, yeah. though. So I got very you know, some writing shops and training. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went back to school. Uh, for a master's in communications in D.C. And I, I really started my PR career in D.C. Mm-hmm. I worked for um, both Ketchum and then Porter Novelli. Oh, great. Yep. Okay. Yeah. What are, you know, you talked about you're a firm believer in learning something at every place. Mm-hmm. So tell me about Ketchum. And, and particularly interesting, mm-hmm. Ketchum, just thinking about the fact that we're, we also want to talk about, you know, women and um, how I think the stat mm. is that, you know, 70% of um, no, switch it. PR is made up of 70% of women, yet only 30% actually have those leadership roles, especially mm-hmm. in the big global agencies. So when mm-hmm. Ketchum appointed Barry mm-hmm. as the global um, CEO, was, you know, a great day right, right. <laughs> for, for all yeah. of us. But, you know, so just thinking about Ketchum in that way too. Yeah. But what are some of the things that you learned along the mm-hmm. way and how has your kind of leadership style evolved over mm-hmm. time? Um, well, those were both incredible agencies to start mm-hmm. my career at. Um, I, I started at Ketchum first. I was an intern. Um, I worked with incredibly smart people, mm-hmm. some of whom are still with the organization, which I think yep. speaks really well of um, of that agency. Mm-hmm. And you know, just to sort of parse out some of the questions you asked, you know, what I learned. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can think back, what I learned at each place, and just just at Ketchum, I think one of the things I learned, you know, beyond the subject matter, um, because they had some as I said, very smart people mm-hmm. and smart clients. I was working on Dow Chemical. So my first client oh, was wow. Dow Chemical. My first, I think, big pitch was uh, something called the Dow Visible Scientist Program, which was really a, just a terrific program, bringing scientists into classrooms. But pitching Dow Chemical for Earth Day coverage was really challenging. Yeah. So I learned resilience because I had a lot of reporters that said, you've got to be kidding right. me. Um, and Dow has, you know, brand and reputation and (laughs) yeah, and Dow has really stuck with it. And I think done some great things. Mm -hmm. That program was a terrific program. Um, I worked on a a polystyrene recycling program for them too. Mm -hmm. So they were investing a lot in, um, not just public relations, community relations, really good programming. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think, as I think about an agency like Ketchum, um, and also just some of the, you know, seeing some of their work in the awards, on PR Week and others over the years, you know, they're very much an idea-driven organization, and, and we've tried to yeah. bring a lot of that yeah. kind of that. thinking mm-hmm. into, um, and philosophy into 362. Mm-hmm. You see these bigger campaigns and bigger programs um, that are built around, you know, coat rack ideas, mm-hmm. you know, ideas, you know, a central idea that you can hang a lot of hats on, yeah. a lot of things on, yeah. um, and really keep going. So um, that was a great place to work, and then 
at Porter, at the time I worked at Porter Novelli, they, um, uh, this is interesting to be at one agency and, t- and, and sort of plugging other agencies, I guess. But um, <laughs> but the, as I said, they're both firm great, believer in that. Both great places to work. And yeah. Porter, D.C., um, I think had one of the very, I, I thought, one of the very first creative agencies for a PR agency mm-hmm. or creative departments for a PR agency. So they had a lot of um, public sector clients that they did public service announcements yep. for and other consumer education um, programming for. So they had a full-on creative services yeah. team, people that they had brought over from That's DDB, brilliant. that yep. had come over from advertising. Um, and so it was a lot of content creation. Yeah. And that was that 20 was, years yeah, ago. That's great. I didn't uh, realize that. Yeah. And so that was really exciting to get to work with, mm-hmm. you know, first-rate creative directors that had just come from these big ad agencies yeah. and we're coming into PR mm-hmm. and creating not just a creative services department, but really a content creation mm-hmm. department. Yeah. Um, so I think as I think about that time at Porter 20 years ago, I mean, I, I think we had some of the first real content centric mm-hmm. campaigns. That's brilliant. So, and you can see how that, how you are now applying both those right. things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the industry is sort of caught up mm-hmm. with some of that. Um, and that content, you know, content marketing is very important to us at yeah. 360. Um, we, I would say our studio team now is about 20% of the agency mm-hmm. in terms of staff. So our studio team, and we just brought on a creative director from mm-hmm. McCann. Um, terrific, you know, terrific creative yeah. talent, strategic creative talent. Um, and there's a, you know, there's a, there's a digital team as part of that mm-hmm. group as our studio as part of our studio group mm-hmm. and there's also a creative services team mm-hmm. and they can produce any type of content right you know short form video long long form video um, all kinds of graphics mm-hmm. you know podcasts etc like we're doing today is the fact that it's called a studio team is that where is that borrowed from that- uh, well, we do have a studio in within our space so we did add um, a full service studio Brilliant. at the agency so we can produce yeah. we can edit just about it we've got the green screen. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is with, you know, content marketing at um, PR agencies and at least what we're doing at 360, there's the bigger pieces of content Mm -hmm. that we like to work on and that, you know, that campaigns need that, you know, that we can build a lot of things around Mm -hmm. and slice and dice a lot of different ways. But we have to be nimble content creators. So I love having that. I love that our team has access to that studio space and can just sort of, you know, jump in there, grab some shots. Yeah. Right. Whatever social channel right. makes the most sense. You can, it feels like you can ha- never have enough content. Yeah, um, I'm sure people would argue with that, <laughs> um, and it, it does need to be compelling content. Mm-hmm. And you know, but you know, some days it feels like you can't have enough content. Right. right. And so DC to Boston, or was there a stop in between? So DC to Boston, and um, and you also asked about. Um, you know, women that I worked mm-hmm. with, and I would say both women and men at both those organizations. I mean, I was just really fortunate to have incredible mentors, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and both senior women and senior men. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I returned to Boston because when you're from Boston, that's what you do. Exactly. <laughs> it is. It is one of those cities that hometown. people right. It is one of those cities that people come yeah. back to. Yeah. I think there are cities that people leave and probably just never look back Mm -hmm. don't look at it in the rearview mirror they're gone (laughs) they're done but um i just actually saw bruce springsteen on uh on broadway last weekend which was phenomenal and he was he talked about how um when he left new jersey he said i'm never going back you know that's you know new jersey's kind of where i came from but i'm just going forward i'm not looking back and lo and behold at you know 60 something years old he said he has returned to new jersey lives 10 minutes from where he grew up (laughs) so 
never forget your roots, I guess. Yeah. So I came back up here and, um, and uh, I was working for another agency and then worked in house for Hasbro, which mm-hmm. was a client. Went in house, really liked my time there, and yeah. then how long were you in house for? I forgot about that. Uh, just a few years. Yeah, yep. yeah that's yep. good. To just get a that few years. I worked on the business longer, mm-hmm. uh, agency side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved my time in house. Um, it was different though. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time in meetings, mm-hmm. and I really do enjoy being a little less encumbered yeah. and being able to, um, you know, certainly you know have meetings where we're talking through strategy. Right. Um, and we're working as a team, but I also like to be able to sort of, you know, at the end of the day, point to something that I created, right, point exactly. produced. Yep. And I think that's challenging in corporate environments. It really is. You know, yeah. um, they I don't... think that's what you know if you're in house or agency. Yeah. yeah. And I also miss team. Mm. You know, I, mean, I think at least a communications mm-hmm. team, because when you're in a company, there may be a few of you in the, on the communications team, or maybe you're in a, very large company. You have very, you're fortunate to have a very right. large communications team. But most, you know, the department I was in, we had, um, I had, uh, it was three of us. Mm-hmm. So I was the VP of PR. I had two people working under me. Um, and so the team is really the other department right. heads and, you know, that you're getting alongside of. But there's nothing like being in an agency when you can run down the hall. Hey, what do you think of this idea? Right. You know, and just get 10 people on an idea in like 10 minutes yeah, awesome. and have all those different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and make things better. Right. Right. Tell me what was your inspiration for 360? For 360. So, um, or catalyst. So, so yeah, the catalyst. So this is sort of not really inspiring, I guess, because I kind of backed into it. I, I was working at the time for a nonprofit because mm-hmm. um, I had done a number of things, agency and, and corporate, um, and um, was approached by a nonprofit and recruited to go work for head marketing for a nonprofit arts organization, um, which was a, a really interesting experience too. But I learned really quickly that that wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, our first client at 360 was Hasbro. And mm-hmm. so some colleagues from Hasbro had approached me and yeah. said, you know, gee, we've got this need. Would you consider taking this on? Mm-hmm. And I said, I've got a full-time job, so I'm not sure that's going to work out. <laughs> But the more I thought of it, you know, something was pulling at me and I, I really felt mm-hmm. like it was, you know, time to go back into the agency world. Yeah. And so I started 360. That's brilliant. Yep. yep. And then look where you are today. To follow the opportunity, right? <laughs> yeah. And um, I think, you know, if there's a takeaway from me as I, as I think about sort of a common thread um, across the places that I worked and going from, you know, from agency to in-house back to agency, it really is people. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, really recognizing that those relationships that you you have at any level of your career can be so vital are so vital Mm -hmm. um and really you know keeping in mind that it's not just about today but you really want to play for the long term Mm -hmm. um so i i today you know some of our clients i work with some of the same people i worked with years ago and in other roles at other places i i have exactly the same story where you know my mentors from weber at the time called the Weber Group, mm-hmm, right? <laughs> um, you know, they're still today are my mentors. I mean, yep. one in particular, yep. we've known each other for 30 years. Um, and she's helping me, you know, grow my agency. Yeah, Patty. Fact. Yes. <laughs> the infamous, infamous Patty. Yes, yes. Patty Stone. Um, but, you know, just <laughs> thinking about and the way that we all kind of 
we've built relationships mm-hmm. that last literally mm-hmm. last a lifetime. Mm. And there have been opportunities mm. where I've gone to people at tier one because a lot of the tier one ladies mm-hmm. are people that I worked with at Weber. Yeah. Um, but we just had something else happen that was really interesting, which is the agency that I was at in London that actually invested um, in March when we first set up. Mm. Um, they ended up um, kind of all leaving and a few of them started up their own agency. Mm. And that was probably 10 years ago. And we just partnered with them. So That's we're sharing great. a client, right. you know, which is, it's just, it's fantastic to kind of think, okay, you know, 10 years ago, yeah, we worked so closely together. And yeah. Yeah. Well, there's it's about really, you know, and I, and I always, I, I always say, and I think people in my, my, at, at 360 at our agency get tired of hearing it, but I feel like <laughs> this is, I mean, this industry is built on, especially agencies, I think A plus talent. Mm-hmm. So you get to work with a lot of quality people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's a team business too. And that's what I love most about it. That's what gets me out of bed every day. (laughs) Everyone that's here, you know, learning from someone who's been in PR for a year to people that have been in PR for 20. The new ideas. Yeah. Yeah, No, I really like that. I I know. It's great. And and learning from clients too. Mm. Yeah. Do you think that, um, just to go on to a little bit of a different topic, but something, you know. We, were, we saw a little bit of a trend of, I think Weber was the one that did it, mm-hmm. um, became an ad agency. Mm-hmm. Are mm-hmm. we seeing ad agencies that now want to do more earned and mm-hmm. be more PR? Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that's always been? Mm-hmm. I was just trying to think through it. Like, yeah. who, you know, like a Mullen, Ogilvy, they kind of do both, don't mm-hmm. they? But it's hard. I've never right. really seen a global PR agency also get a reputation and do really good advertising yeah um well the the advertising side of that i think from my view and and an agency like Olvi is probably very different because Mm -hmm. they they've you know they run their pr group as a a distinct agency that has other resources Mm -hmm. obviously advertising otherwise but Mm -hmm. um i think that you know the mistake that the ad agency makes is is under investing in Mm -hmm. pr uh and underestimating its its value at the same time so um uh, I worked really briefly for an ad agency, and um, they wanted to. They wanted, and it made a lot of sense. We mm. have all these great clients. Yeah. Why not, you right. know, add PR talent, and we'll just have all this incremental mm-hmm. revenue. And that's really not how it works, <laughs> because one person exactly. can't run a PR campaign. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. So I think that you know, I think ad agencies probably. And this is this is kind of a general statement, but it is my view that. Um, they underestimate what it takes mm-hmm. to do PR right and the resources that you need. It is a labor-intensive business, yeah. even with all the technology and tools that we have. Yep. It is a relationship-driven business. Yep. So if it's if an agency wants to do it, they have to really, mm-hmm. again, play for the long term. Right. You know, you have to really invest in, and have that long-term view, not just you know near-term right. revenue opportunity. So true. Um, and I think that you know the advertising pieces are. You know, we're not going to do what the global ad agencies do overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, but because you can place content in so many places today, and it doesn't have to be a Super Bowl right. ad. I mean, you're not going to hire 360 to do your Super Bowl ad, mm-hmm. but or March for that matter, mm-hmm. right? But um, you know, and I'm not even sure if you're going to hire Weber for that, maybe. Right. Um, but there's a lot of other places yeah. where we can put content, really mm-hmm. good content storytelling content mm-hmm. and reach those consumers right. or other audiences, stakeholder yep. audiences. Yep. Yeah. 
and not have to pay. Right. <laughs> some of it's paid, some of it's the, not. The 32nd spot at yeah. the Super Bowl. And actually that and that needs a whole campaign around it too. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of times what really makes those those uh, you know, those ads successful yeah. is the campaign around it. Absolutely. Yeah, and what's happening the on the mobile screens and yep. yeah, on the social channels. So. Yeah. So it was interesting cuz um through the um publicity club of New England, little plug there. Mm. Um, Laura very kindly um, hosted a panel on um, influencer marketing. And what I thought was really interesting, which is playing to the point you were just making, is that we were talking about paid Mm -hmm. pretty much, you know, when you talk about influencer marketing. But how important, even though it's paid, are relationships. I mean, that's what Mm -hmm. really came through to me, Mm -hmm. that every single one of those panelists Mm -hmm talked about the fact that you still have to build relationships Mm -hmm. and get to know these influencers Mm -hmm. just because it's paid doesn't mean anything Mm -hmm. you know it's not paid and you get it Mm -hmm. you know some of it's still you know we used to say that PR was prayed for and advertising Mm -hmm. was paid for and now those lines are blurring I mean, relationships are absolutely critical to ensuring a brand if you're talking about influencer marketing or really anything Mm -hmm. else maximizes the value of its investment and can do that. So I think if you have a relationship and I've seen our people do it, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure your people are doing it too, if they have a relationship with an influencer, they understand really what makes that influencer tick. What is going to res, what are they going to really embrace? What's going to resonate with them? Um, what message are they going to really want to run with? Um, and then because they had such a great experience with us working Mm -hmm. for XYZ client brand, um, they're willing to do more right. the next time. It's a proven mm-hmm. model. It's pr- a proven relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, they know it's going to be a good experience, right. you know, for them. And for me, as that's well. why influencer and good for their brand as well, too, right? Exactly. Yeah. But that's why I really feel strongly about the fact that influencer marketing, social media, sit firmly in mm-hmm. PR mm-hmm. and comms because it is so relationship driven, mm-hmm. and we're used to as PR agencies, it's all about relation. It's, it's a relationship model mm-hmm. where on the advertising side it's kind of more you know historically has been media buying mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to build relationships mm-hmm. you know it's about volume it's discounts yeah it's, you know um well i think it's also about um and, and again this is generalizing and me probably not really understanding the advertising side of it as much as i same, should same here but it, it feels like more of a push model mm-hmm. than a dialogue yeah um, and you know, I think Absolutely. PR practitioners, digital practitioners that sit within a PR mm-hmm. agency or more of an earned organic yeah. type environment, yeah. understand the value of relationships mm-hmm. and, and that you don't have a relationship right. by pushing, right. you have a relationship by having right. a dialogue. Right. Um, and then you recognize that both parties have interests. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we, we come at things more holistically. Yeah. And then the other thing too, that I think is really important is whoever your agency is advertising digital you know so-called native digital Mm -hmm. or pr Mm -hmm. whatever any combination of that if someone's handling your influencer marketing uh, or any of your communications they should have the have the wherewithal to manage issues Mm -hmm. for you to 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 see a potential to anticipate Mm -hmm. an issue a question that Mm -hmm. someone may raise and to be ready with answers Mm -hmm. um because you know, sometimes we see it. You know, content lands. Right. Brand thinks it's going to be a great thing. Right. Someone has an has a different kind of reaction to mm-hmm. it, and then it has a life of its own. Right. And it's not what anybody you know wants to really have out right. there. So, who's helping you manage that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think if you have uh, people that can you know can sort of see the future, mm-hmm. and PR people do that. We yes. think through all the different scenarios. Exactly. How is this really going to play? Mm-hmm. 
Um, what are all the questions? You know, poke hole in this, poke yep. holes in the story before you're telling the story. Yep. Um, you're going to be much more. You're yeah. going to be better prepared. Absolutely. Right. To reap the benefits and mm -hmm. then also manage, you know, some of the challenges that mm -hmm. might come along with that. Yeah. How? What advice? What would be a few tips that you would give um, someone just entering mm. PR today? You know, thinking about how how much it's evolved, thinking about the skills that are so important. I mean, it's a great question, and I, and I want you to add to it because I know we used to just sort of, you know, preach mm. writing, writing, writing. Yeah. So it's it's important to be able mm. to, um, you know, to be a, a strong communicator, obviously both verbally and, and written. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, there's there's so many other parts of it now, right? And it's, I think you need to know how to put together a team. Yeah. Um, because you're going to need research, right. you know, you're going to need analytics, someone that understands yeah. that. And then you're going to, you know, want the big idea. And then you need the tacticians that, you know, know how to roll it out, whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, media relations, influencer marketing, digital, yeah. and any number of things under digital. Do you think that young people starting out in PR should try to go deep in one area or go mm -hmm. broad across many different areas mm. because there's so many different things that you need to mm -hmm. do. That's, I mean, I'm asking you because I struggle with this too, you know, and mm -hmm. thinking about people that, that join March, giving them opportunities to learn more about, you know, kind of, you know, visual storytelling mm -hmm. and the digital piece and research and, mm -hmm. or, or today do we want to go deep and have them be specialists in a sector or, or, you know, a, a, or a service area, a service area, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I think it also depends on the yeah. person, you know, yeah, yeah, because there's definitely room for there's room for it used to be that you had you know you had to be a generalist you yeah. had to be able to do everything yep. but I think that we are we are much more a specialist, specialist model now yeah. where you you know you might have someone that's good at media someone that understands influencer mm -hmm. marketing someone that understands you know different aspects of digital mm -hmm. and that can be sliced a number yep. of different ways um, you know from the content creation um, to the uh, and that's really the creative piece yeah. to the analytics and everything else. Mm -hmm. um, and then you need managers. Yeah. You, need, you need people that understand business exactly, um, and understand the client's business. Yeah. And then if you're you know, yeah. at an agency, the agency's business yeah. and, and how you put together teams and manage all that yeah. and get everybody working together. I would sum a so lot of lots that of different up roles, as, right? I would sum a lot of that up as being curious too. I just, you know? I wrote that down. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. At the, at the core, so, you have yeah. to be, you know, we, we want to hire people that are really engage, really curious exactly. about the world around them yeah. and specifically media yep. and different types yep. of media. Um, and then for us at 360 consumer audiences, mm -hmm. different types of consumer audiences. And then for you at March, yeah. you know, different stakeholders, exactly. right? So that, yeah, that, you know, it's, and it's hard. being curious about the world around you. And it's, it's also hard to identify if someone is curious in the, just the few times that you might meet with them in an interview setting yeah. or, mm -hmm. um, but we found that the most successful, whether they're interns or ACs are the ones that mm -hmm. are curious really early on. And it may be that, you know, it actually makes them a little bit more high maintenance because mm -hmm. you're thinking, uh, all right, you don't know a lot of what's going on, mm -hmm. but you're asking a lot of questions, which is great. Mm -hmm. But it's also, you know, people might view that as, okay, just go, Go Stay. learn that and go do that. Right, you know? right. But no, I mean, I really want yeah. to encourage that. Yeah, that's you know? great. I mean, I think that's, you know, we 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 talk, we talk about, you know, getting people out of their lanes exactly. and out of their comfort zone. Yeah. And I think yeah, you, you want really to nice. encourage that. Yeah. You definitely want to see that people are engaged with mm -hmm. the world around them. Yeah. I mean, if they're not, then they don't, they can't really effectively storytell because yeah. they can't, you know, they can't identify the right 
peg for a specific exactly. story and but they also when won't and where to place necessarily it. be curious about their clients mm-hmm. challenges mm-hmm. and you know and really try to get mm-hmm. underneath the skin of mm-hmm. what really makes them tick to figure out right. those stories right. and um, help them build a, a, a comms program yeah. so it might be it might be less you know we might be moving to a, a time in in PR when you know it's less about this the tactical skills you know, those skills mm. that you might possess and more about like, the qualities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I definitely think so. So strong it's not, listeners. Yep. So it's yeah. not so much, um, oh, I'm really good at picking up the phone and selling into a journalist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I know how to tell a story, mm-hmm. you know, and build that story mm-hmm. no matter the medium. Right. You know. Yeah. And there's just so much to stay on top of in our industry now, too. So you have to you have to be someone that's really switched on and just, you know, consuming media yourself, mm. too. And so on all these different tip. platforms. There's a new, another tip. Be a news junkie. Right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. social media. Mm. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a I think it's an incredible time in our industry. And you mentioned like you asked about tips for getting yep. started. I mean, first of all, I would say do it, you know, do it, like find out about, you know, mm-hmm. the PR industry and not just the PR industry, the marketing industry yeah. and communications yep. industry. Um, I think it's, you know, <laughs> we're talking about this internally today. There's kids as they're growing up, they know what it's, they know what being a doctor is about, right? right? They know like lawyers make money. Mm-hmm. Most of them, they're good, <laughs> you know, PR person, you know, I don't know, a community manager. They, these are, you know, these are things they don't know about, right? Mm-hmm. So how do we, and we have an obligation to educate and appeal to that next generation so that we can, we can create that, yeah. you know, that pathway for more candidates and, and hopefully more diverse right. candidates too with different perspectives in our industry. I'm really impressed with, um, there are a few universities, BU being one of them, mm-hmm. that take their PR and comm students on agency tours to New York and mm-hmm. local um, agencies here yeah. it's fantastic yep. it's part of the pr labs um group at bu um, that amy chandler heads up um mm-hmm. but then i noticed that um other universities so emerson is coming mm-hmm. to us or maybe did this week or next mm-hmm. week um so that we can get in front of those students and mm-hmm. talk to them about what we do mm-hmm. otherwise they'll be like my daughter and think well marketing's really boring because all you do mm-hmm. is all i ever see you is you're always on the phone and on your computer mm-hmm. That's all you do. <laughs> That's so such an interesting perspective. But 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 that but you could say that about any person in any industry today, right? Yep. We're all looking at our phones constantly. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think at the core, we're and as I think about, you know, the difference between going into like an advertising agency, at least if you're the account side, it's mm-hmm. really more about management. Yeah. In the PR industry, any of the roles, that, even the specialist roles mm-hmm. that we're talking about, that you know, the digital team and, and everything else, it's really about you know being a creator. Yeah. You know, coming up with that idea, mm-hmm. coming up with the story, mm-hmm. um, placing the story, creating the content, mm-hmm. you know, it's amplifying. We're, we're it. creating. Yeah. We're creating. Yeah. So you have to, and, and that's exciting yeah. right, to get to create every day. I know. I know. No, yeah. That's another reason I get out of bed, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The creative part. We are, we are in a creative business. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, I think, is, for me, one of the, you know, one of the most exciting mm. aspects of our of our business yeah. it's different every day yeah is there anything i mean we probably haven't covered you know this idea about women in PR, yeah you know yeah as much as we could mm-hmm. um well i think the any thoughts i think on that? all of us in the industry need to do better just it, with 
bringing more diverse candidates mm. into our organizations, yeah. whether that is gender diverse or multiculturally mm-hmm. diverse, yep. um, diverse kinds of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see sort of this broader opportunity and yeah. challenge for us um, around diversity. Uh, and I know it's something that we are trying to tackle at 360. Um, some of the numbers, um, and you had shared them with me, and they're, mm-hmm. I know they're you know ripped from our headlines. So there's... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're steeped in data. Yep. There are only 30% of PR CEOs are women. That, you know, that's, it's kind of surprising to me, you know, because of all the women I know. leaders I know in this business. And I, I think if you look at, I know in our sector and consumer, there's a lot of mm-hmm. senior women. You guys work a lot in tech. Mm-hmm. And I know you mentioned, you know, if you get into a boardroom, it's, yep. it can often be a lot of men. Yes. Right. Um, so maybe it's certain sectors I think so. and that are more challenged. Mm-hmm. And then also I would say agency size factors in, because oh, yeah. if you look at, you know, small to mid-sized agencies, there's, I think there's many more than a third of those are, you know, PR, C, mm-hmm. our CEOs are women. Yep. Yeah. It's more of those, the top five. The larger agencies. Where yeah. where that stat comes yeah. from. So it's Which have Omnicoms, changed and are making progress, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Which yeah, is great. So. But I found it surprising too. I had no idea. Yeah. Because I mean, I think the train female is- Female dominant. Yeah. But industry. I think the train is moving in the right direction. Definitely. And, I, and I, as you look at the PR industry versus other mm-hmm. industries, I think we're way out yeah. in front yeah. um, in terms of opportunities for women. Mm-hmm. And it's just, a, it's a dynamic growing industry. I think there's, there's opportunities for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing that always struck me um, going to so many at a very, you know, early, early in my career, um, you know, in tech, you kind of start off your career in tech PR, going to a lot of conferences and, mm-hmm. and trade shows um, and walking the show mm-hmm. floor. And one of the things that really struck me early on was <laughs> whenever I saw a woman in any tech, it was assumed that they were in marketing. Oh, that's you interesting. Know? Yeah. And, right, right. You know, Right. Any of the men felt the same way. They yeah. would walk up to you and say, oh, you must be in marketing. <laughs> because it's just in tech, if you're a woman, you're in marketing. Right. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's Has definitely that changed? I definitely yeah. think so. There, yeah. there are, you know, I know many more women engineers, mm. you know, and CTOs mm. mm-hmm. and CIOs mm. and um, COOs. Mm. So, yeah, I definitely think that that's, that's changing. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we're in a growing industry, which is great too. Glad we're in it. I'm glad we're in it together, Laura. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. I just want to state for the record that I'm not a hack. I know this is uh, <laughs> the March Communications Hacks and Flax podcast, but I'm not a hack. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys, that's all for this week. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And thanks again to Cheryl and Laura for taking the time and and joining us on the show. Uh, And of course, thanks to you for listening. Hacks and Flax is a production of March Communications. We are a PR and marketing agency here in Boston. And if you'd like to learn more about our show or our agency, uh, you can find us online by going to marchcoms.com. That's marchcoms.com. There you can also find archive episodes of Hacks and Flax over on our blog, uh, plus articles and ideas from folks around the agency. You can also follow us on Twitter. The handle is at HacksFlax. And of course, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and now, of course, Spotify. 
uh, or wherever else it is that you listen to podcasts. Uh, you'll get the latest episode of Hacks and Flacks delivered straight to your device when we come out. That's it for this week. I'm Manny Vega. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back again real soon.